0: The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. Hello sunshine and welcome to She Was The Fire. It's time to stop dancing in the dark. Let's start your fire and ignite your spark. Welcome to episode seven. So today we are talking about how to handle stress. But as always, before we get into that, just a little recap of my week. Um, Let me have a think about what I've been up to. I've been really trying to knuckle down this week because I haven't been super productive the last couple of weeks in my normal everyday job because I've had so many, you know, I've had to organize all the training for the newbies and answer all newbie questions, all that kind of stuff. I don't get to my normal day job kind of things, which is scheduling, socials, producing podcasts, coming up with new ideas for other people's podcasts, all that kind of stuff. And I haven't been able to stay on top of that. So I've been doing a lot of that at night. So this week I was like, I really want to knuckle down and be productive. Um, I've had some moments of productivity, uh, but I've also had a lot of moments of getting distracted by meetings, just getting distracted in general. Um, So I've been trying to really knuckle down. Hopefully by the time I'm back next week, I will have been successful in my productivity goals. (laughs) But on that, I'm actually getting a lot of people ask me about um, like a planner or some sort of a I don't know, some sort of a PDF that they can print on how I structure my day kind of thing. So I've been trialing and testing a time blocking PDF that I'm going to make available to you guys so that you can print it and you can structure your day in time blocks. And i will be sort of a informational sheet with it. informational, is that a word? I think I've made that up. Um, a informative educational sheet on how to time blog with some tips and tricks and things like that. Just something really easy. I, I had a few of you, I did like a poll and a few of you, or most of you said that you did want the PDF, but you might've just been being nice. Who bloody knows? But I am trying to get that organized. That should be coming in the next couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, basically I'm just, um, getting it done. Nothing really too exciting. We've got some product launches coming up with some of our clients. And so trying to get my head around that. I've taken on board a couple more social accounts. So just trying to get the voice. And actually one of the social accounts I'm doing is for from a male's perspective. And usually it's either from a brand or a female's account. And so I'm not going to lie. It's a little different pretending to be the voice of a man. And so it's like, you know, maybe I'll just start mansplaining all over the place in my captions <laughs> for the freedom to be a man. But yeah, so that's been a little bit interesting because, you know, when you're a girl writing as a girl, it's a lot easier. So that's been a bit of a learning curve for me. Um, I will say the other day that I asked on um, Instagram what kind of content you want to see or hear from me on this podcast. And quite a few of you asked about relationships and boys. Let me just tell you right now. I have nothing to report on that. I am single, happily single. I have nothing to say. I'm not hiding some dude out the back. There's no, not a girl out the back. Like, it's just, <laughs> I'm straight. I haven't been in a relationship for a very long time. I'm comfortable with my life. I'm not really very. Um, I, I don't really need to have a man around. I like how I have my life at the moment, so I have no urgency to get out there. I guess is the word. So I just don't think that's going to be a very informative podcast for you. So I'm um, going to pass on that. And maybe one day when I do have something and I get into the, you know, the apps, the Tinder world, perhaps we'll have something to report. Maybe I should get someone on here, like a professional to teach me how to do the apps. <laughs> Would that be interesting? Who knows? Anyway, um, also my vitamins are really low and that's basically the exciting stuff that's going on in my life at the moment. When you have weight loss surgery, you have to monitor your weight, your vitamins all the time because you don't always get all the nutrients that you need from your food. And my vitamin D, obviously, because I don't go in the sun, is very low. My B12 is very low. I usually get regular B12 shots every quarter, and I haven't done that in a while. Also, my zinc, which I didn't I don't really even know what the hell that is. Like, what's that in? I don't know. My zinc is low. So I have to do some, you know, vitamin rectifying and fix that and my doctor actually called me because I was very sick last week as you would have heard through my voice. Um and my doctor called me midway through my sickness and he was like, I'm just looking at your vitamins here and all of these things can lower your immune system. So you might get a cold or catch the flu. And I was like, oh really? I don't know about that. <laughs> obviously I had the flu at the time. So that's obviously how I did that. Anyway, moving right along, let's get into the podcast kicking off with the fire starter for the week. And now I have two just a bit indecisive this week because it could go either way. So the first one is Breathing by Ariana Grande, which is a song that she wrote to kind of talk a little bit about how she feels when she's stressed or has anxiety. Just keep breathing and breathing and breathing and breathing. (laughs) I think of the lyrics, pretty complex. Um, And it's just like a nice calming song. And so it really depends on how you handle stress and what sort of stress you've got at the time as to whether you want to be calm or you want to shake it off like Taylor Swift. And that's the other song for the week. So two fire starters, Breathe in Ariande and Shake It Off from Taylor, which is the kind of song that I would do before my immunotherapy where I need to get into a good headspace and I do my dance it out song. Shake It Off is the perfect song for that because it really gets you in like a good headspace and gets you pumped up. So it just depends on the kind of vibe that you're looking for. So I've given you two options there this week. All right, let's ignite today's topic, how I handle stress. So quick disclaimer, I do not suffer from anxiety or depression. I don't have any mental health issues, thankfully. So this is how I handle stress. If you do have mental health issues or you do suffer from anxiety and depression, you may have to handle things in a very different way. So this is just how I do things and what works for me. And so over the last couple of weeks, I knew that this podcast was coming and I've been doing like a bit of soul searching, I suppose. So in moments where things are quite stressful, I would reflect upon that and be like, what did I just do there? What did I do to calm myself? What's going on, Courtney? And sort of take note of the tools that I do, because now I just do them, you know, like it just comes naturally because I've, you know, I've worked in stressful situations a lot. You know, owning your own business can be quite stressful. And I've always been in like high management roles where it's like a lot going on. And so i have just so used to using these tools and doing these things that I had to really sit down and think like, what the hell do I do to handle stress so that I could give you the tools? So as I said, this is what I do. I'm not perfect. Everybody, you know, has times where they do freak out. I'm not gonna lie, that does happen to me, but this is what I do on a general day-to-day basis when I'm feeling overwhelmed or I am feeling stressed. And now the first thing I'm supposed to recommend is exercise, healthy eating, and stop coffee. Okay, those are the three things that all the experts say help everyone. Sure, we all know that, but I'm gonna give you some different tips that aren't just like the go for a, you know, a jog and get your endorphins. Is that the right thing? I don't even know. That's how much I know about exercise, you know, and like eating certain foods, if you're having too much sugar, it can add things, whatever. Everybody knows that they have to do more exercise. They have to eat healthy. And that caffeine is obviously not very good for stress and anxiety. So those are just the the usual tips, but we're, we're looking past that. All right. So number one is get in touch with your feelings and really get to know yourself. So to me, it's really important to understand what your triggers are. And what makes you feel stressed, overwhelmed, or negative? And it's also equally important to help you understand to know about yourself what makes you feel in control, motivated, and positive. So I'm quite good at sort of self assessment, I guess. That's one good thing that I do know how to do to really assess, like, I'm feeling this certain emotion at the moment, what caused that? So I think it's super important for you to really knuckle down and get to know yourself because once you do these things and you know what your triggers are good and bad you can use them as tools so when you are feeling overwhelmed you can use the tools you know that work to make you feel less overwhelmed and you know put them in place. For example, for me, so during COVID, I noticed that I was getting quite stressed a lot because like we'd just gone into isolation. there was all this you know, it was before the job keeper, all that kind of stuff happened. and everyone was like, you know the world was shutting down, Italy was going crazy, New York was going crazy, and it was like, what the hell's happening here in Australia? Is this you, know, are people gonna die? Are all these businesses gonna go out of you know, what about my business? You know all that kind of stuff? are we going to be able to keep all of our staff employed? And it was quite stressful. I think for everybody involved. And I don't think anybody has been untouched by COVID stress at this point. And so I kind of realized that my stress levels were getting quite high. Just I was couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was like, hang on a second, let me try and figure out like what the trigger is. Like, is there a real base tr- trigger? And it was, I was consuming so much COVID news. I was throughout the day, just like looking at the death toll, looking at the numbers of people that have contracted it. Um, you know, and like, I was just like, constantly consuming press conferences, the news online. I was on Twitter looking at what's happening around the world and I was just consumed by it. And I realized that that was actually triggering me to feel more overwhelmed and more stressed. So then I put a a rule in place that I wouldn't consume any COVID news unless it came from Scott Morrison. So when he did his live conferences, or if it came from like the Queensland Premier as well, Alexandra Palaszczuk, um, if she, Anastasia Palaszczuk, Alexandra, um, and I was like, if it comes from, you know, the leaders, then I'm gonna to listen to it because obviously they were putting in place a lot of changes at that point. And I think that I wanted to make sure that I was definitely across those. And as a business owner, you need to know all those things as well. So that's kind of how I chose to figure out um, you know, what my trigger was and figure out how to actually change that. And that actually really did help. And especially, you know, sort of later in the game when press conferences weren't every single day, it definitely helped with my stress levels. So Another example of me figuring out my triggers and what the positive side of things is, is that when I feel overwhelmed and I get stressed and there's a lot going on, I can become, which I think a lot of people can, become quite forgetful. And all of a sudden it's like, oh God, I forgot this was on, or I forgot I had to do this. And you miss steps and things can go wrong when you are really stressed. So what I know for me is that list making helps me feel in control and karma. So when I feel like times, and I do it every day now pretty much, but especially when I'm feeling stressed, I will write everything down on my to-do list, even if it's something really simple. Um, So if it's like, send Sam an email to do this. And it's like, I was already going to do it in two minutes anyway. I'll still write it down because the process of writing it down and ticking that little fucker off makes you feel so much more in control and like you're being productive. And that really helps with my stress level. So because I know that about myself, I write lists all day long. Like I'm just like a biggest list maker. And so that's what I do at the start of every single day. And I will sit down, make that list, prepare for the week. Obviously, I've talked about this many times, but I did that because it makes me feel really in control. And that's it's that success feeling, that little adrenaline kick when you're ticking off your list and you're like, look at all the progress I've made. And even when it's silly little things that you probably didn't need to put on your to-do list that you just did anyway... I still write them down if I'm feeling really stressed because that little success, that little win of crossing something off or ticking a box gives you that little high that you need to help you get through the day. So I do that as well. All right. Number two, this is one that maybe you'll think I'm crazy. I don't know, but self-talk for me. And this is a really big one that I do, especially for me when I um, early on in my cancer diagnosis, I would find myself every time I was having like I was scared, I was having like negative thoughts or I was really stressed off so it was just like before a cancer test that I had to have or it was before my treatment. I would literally say to myself when I felt my stress levels getting high or me feeling scared, I would literally say out loud, "Courtney, you're okay. I'm okay." Everything's okay, just breathe. And it's basically self soothing for adults. All the parents out there are impressed that I used a child terminology there self soothing. That's a kid thing, right? Um, And it sounds crazy, but I actually do it. Like I do it in the privacy of my home. I'm not like standing out in public, just being like, Courtney, you're okay, just breathe. But in my house, if I'm like getting ready for my immunotherapy early on, I was really stressed about test results, whatever it was, I literally will say, Courtney, you're okay, calm down take a breath and it's like all of a sudden like someone else is telling you like you're just hearing the words clearer than when it's in your mind because they're being said out loud so when you think of them they're also clouded by fear you know what I mean you can't really control your thoughts when you're scared like there's so much going on in your brain so it's not clear enough so I actually will say it out loud and even my staff at work they probably won't notice it now because I do it so often Um, but maybe initially when I started, Aaron and Lang probably thought I was insane. Lang probably does it too. So she didn't think I was insane, but you know, people probably the new starters like this bitch constantly is talking to herself. But I, even when my workload or I'm feeling overwhelmed at work, I'll kind of like stand up and be like, okay, Courtney, let's get this done. All right, what's next? And I'll just randomly say things out loud. My staff may not even notice that I do it, but it's something that I kind of do to be like, all right, let's go. Let's get on with it. What's up next? And I'll just randomly say it out loud. It's like a self-soothing thing that I do to get myself in like a positive headspace. It's like saying it out loud makes it have more of an impact for me. So talk to yourself, guys. It sounds crazy, but I don't know. It just works for me. And there's all that evidence to show that if you are feeling shitty about yourself and you stand in the mirror every day and you say out loud, looking at yourself, you know, I love myself or I love my body and all those things. There's all this evidence to show that if you do that repeatedly, that you will eventually convince yourself that you do love your body or whatever it is that you're saying in the mirror, or, you know, like I'm not scared or whatever it is. So I guess it's that method as well. It's just, I just say it generally not like to my face. You could do it in the mirror, I guess. All right. Um, also I will say that's two examples. I have a third example that right in sort of the middle of my whole cancer thing. And when I was just about to start immunotherapy, I really wanted to make sure that the immunotherapy was working before bed every night. I would say out loud, my mind and body is strong and healthy. I am healthy and thriving. And I would repeat it over and over and over again, because I'm such a pragmatic person that I'm like, you know, my mind goes to like, it is what it is. If the treatment doesn't work, we'll figure out something else. It's okay. You know what I mean? It's like, instead I need to believe that I'm healthy and that it has worked almost rather than like it will work. So I was just like, my mind and body is strong and healthy. I'm healthy and I'm thriving. I would just like, keep telling myself that and I'd say it out loud a couple of times and eventually you just kind of like start to believe your own bullshit, I guess. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, anyway, self-soothing. That's what I do. Um, another thing that I think that is important is, I don't really know how to describe this, but I guess it's like detach or compartmentalize. And that's something that I can, I'm quite good at doing. I'm just not sure actually how I do it. So when I was writing this list out, I was like, I compartmentalize. And I say it to my friends all the time. You know, my friend Belinda, she's always like, oh my God, how do you, how are you not like a complete mess. And I'm like, I'm just compartmentalizing it. Like I'm putting it aside and I'm just getting on with it. And, um, she's like, Oh, I wish I knew how to do that. And I've realized I, I I sat down and I don't know how to describe it. So what I'm going to do, I think is actually have someone come on that does know about compartmentalizing. So, um, I, someone in my life actually is from the army. And so I thought who better than someone who's been around, you know, like war kind of stuff to be able to compartmentalize. You know, they always say people in the army have to compartmentalize. So I'm thinking I might actually have him on and ask him about the techniques that they use, obviously in a very extreme way, but I thought that might be an interesting way to look at how to compartmentalize. It's obviously something I've learned from a young age. And so I don't really know how how or why I did that. So I don't want to go into like Guessing, let's talk to someone who knows a bit more about it. So, that episode is to come in the coming weeks, I think. I haven't actually asked them yet, but I'm assuming they'll come on. Um, but yeah, so compartmentalizing, if you know how to do that, um, then do that. And I, I think one of the ways that I do it is that I concentrate on something else. So, this is something that I do all of the time, regardless. But if you are driving to work, and you're feeling really stressed, or you're putting your makeup on in the morning and you're feeling really stressed, and your mind is running a million miles a minute. You're thinking about, like, oh shit, I've got this bill. Oh my God, what about this? I forgot to do that. Oh, now this is coming up. What you need to do is distract your mind. And so I like to put podcasts on or audiobooks. And I always, I don't actually have a moment of silence in my house. I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing, but when I'm in the shower, I have music playing. And when I'm out of the shower, I have podcasts or audiobooks. So I'm always listening and distracted by something else that I'm learning. And I find when I'm focusing on learning something and I don't, I don't often, if I'm stressed, it's not storytelling. I don't listen to storytelling stuff because it's easy to tune out of that. It has to be something that I'm learning so that I'm really focused on listening. And so books, like a lot of like self-help or work kind of books. I do a lot of that kind of stuff and I'm always listening very intently to those because I'm trying to take in all the information and so because you're focusing on something else my mind isn't thinking about the bills I have to pay or the things I have to remind the staff of or is COVID going to make my business go under all those kinds of things. I'm like just focusing on something else. So think about all the times where you find your mind wandering and how you can redirect it back to something else. That's what I think. It's always in those moments of quiet where your stress levels can really raise. It's like when you put your head on the pillow at night and it's like all of a sudden you can't stop thinking about all the bad shit that can happen. And so it's like those kinds of things, it's like uh, you need to figure out in the quiet what you can do to distract your mind. Another massive one for me is reframing my perspective. So I think perspective is a really important thing. And one of those things for perspective is gratitude. So like you should be practicing gratitude all the time, guys. I think it does help to when you're feeling really negative, sit down and be like, hang on a second, let's look at all the good things in my life. But it's also like, I thought about this a few months ago, because one of my friends said to me, don't you ever just relax? Because and someone said it to me last night, actually, on my Insta story, because I was doing like a, in like, instead of, sitting down watching TV, I was like, oh no, I'm going to do this like self-help course, or I'm going to read this book about something. And they were like, don't you ever just sit down and relax? And I thought to myself, this is how I relax. Me learning and growing is how I relax. That is relaxing to me because I have given it a new perspective. If your perspective is that um, reading a book, doing the work, whatever it is, is a negative and that's not you relaxed, then maybe you might need to reframe your mind a little bit. So for me, it's a little bit easier because my work, I own my business and it's a little bit harder to fill in a positive space if you're working late into the night for somebody else. I totally understand that. But for me, when I get home, I don't feel like, oh, I have to work because I really enjoy what I'm doing and I find it to be just part of my personal growth. And it's like, you know, in a few years time, it's like, what did you do? I binge watched hours of Netflix. Uh, Was that time well spent? Not really. So I see like my working on my business, working on myself, working on this podcast. You know, last night I was like, I have to work on the podcast time. People were like, take a night off. And I'm like, why? Like, I really like working on this stuff. This is, my perspective has changed on those things. So maybe you need to have a look at your perspective sometimes, because maybe you shouldn't be seeing these positive things as, if you're seeing everything as a negative, then you need to think about that. For me, my personal growth, I see that as my downtime. I enjoy doing that. I'm doing it to get myself to the next level, to better myself. And so that for me is relaxing. I don't see it as work or a hard job. So maybe you need to recalibrate, you know, for a lot of people, it's like the only way that they see relaxing is when they're doing nothing. Maybe you need to think about that. Next up is venting. Now this is a massive one for me. My friends who have the worst anxiety are people who bottle everything up. I will tell anyone who will listen what is wrong with me. I'm constantly whinging to Aaron, I'm talking to Lang, I'm telling Belinda, I'm telling my parents, I'm whinging to everyone. It's not necessarily whinging, it's more venting. Like I just need to get it out. And then once it's out, I can move on from things. I can move on from stuff very quickly. Whereas a lot of my friends who don't vent, stew on things alone in the silence by themselves for months and months and months. And they just let it eat away at them And it's like, why are you still thinking about that? Like that's just ridiculous. You're it's what's that quote? You're like giving I don't know. The thing about like eating poison yourself and expecting someone else to die. It's like it's, you know, like you're you're holding on to this stuff and it's for no reason. Like just you're hurting yourself. So for me, I'm getting it out. If you're someone who doesn't like to share and like, oh, I just don't like to be a burden to people. Who cares? All right. Everybody loves to hear about other people's bullshit. You know what? Misery loves company. Okay. Tell a friend your things and they'll think, oh, I'm losing my life's better than that. Sometimes hearing other people's bad things, they actually like it. You know, obviously not very bad things, but you know, like everybody has shit going in their lives. And so people like to connect with that where it's like when my friends tell me like, oh my God, you won't believe what happened this morning. I'm like, oh my God, me too. This happened to me. Everybody loves to talk about that stuff because we all feel like, oh, I'm not alone in this bullshit morning. The other day, so my friend's going through a hard time at the moment and I called her and I was like, You won't believe what's happened. It's nothing compared to what she's going through. But I was like, my bin bag was like a cheap bin bag that was used this morning. So when I, it took me 10 minutes to get it out of the bin, because as I was pulling up, it was too heavy. And the plastic like handles kept breaking. It was literally 10 minutes to get it out. As I finally get it out, it splits in two and there's shit everywhere in my kitchen, like as I'm ready on my way to work. So it's like a high stress situation where it's like, I'm running late. Oh my God. I also had the fucking heater on. So I'm like sweating and I'm like, fucking hell. Oh my God. There's shit everywhere. I also had like half eaten peach in there. So it's very juicy. Everything was moist. It was disgusting. And it was just like, you know, obviously it's not a hugely bad thing, but it was like, oh my God, my morning's off to a bit of a rough start. And my friend who's going through a bad time, obviously I'm not saying like, look at my morning compared to yours, but she was just laughing because she was like, oh my God, like I I couldn't relate to having a shitty morning and it's just made me feel better to know that you've got something shitty going on too. So don't always feel like telling your friends and family what's going on with you is a burden. People want to be able to help you. They want to talk you through things. And I find it actually really hard with my friends who don't share things with me because I worry about them. It's like, they'll be like, oh yeah, I went to my therapist and I I don't want to get into it, but it's, oh God, it's, it's horrible. Like I've had such a hard time. There's so many emotions I don't really want to talk about. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, you have like the worst case scenario in your head. Like, oh my God, what's my friend going through? I want to be able to help them like talk it through and vent. So don't ever feel like you're a burden to other people. If you've got real friends and family in your life that love and support you, they should want to hear what's going on with you because, you know, that, that's the kind of friend I am anyway. I hate not knowing what the hell's going on because I know that they're suffering quietly. Like suffer with someone, let someone be there, have that support. So vent to people. This is why I don't hold on to things. Because so I bloody get it out. I'll tell whoever's around, then I'm done. I'm moving on, you know? And also you can kind of make it like a a joke of it too. It like downplays it sometimes. It's obviously not for like major things, but even with my cancer, like I was like, tell everyone right now, like literally I found out on the Friday at 4 PM on Saturday morning at 9 AM, I was up calling everyone, every family member, every single friend, telling them because I was like, I want this out. I want everyone to know. I don't want to deal with this. I want it off my plate that I'm worrying about people's feelings about my cancer. I want it out. Unfortunately, one of my family members was actually in San Francisco at the time and I didn't want to wreck a holiday with my news. So I had to wait a week before I could even tell social media because I even wanted to vent on social media, like to strangers. I wanted to get it out how I was feeling. And that really is like, I think, my biggest coping mechanism for stress, venting. All right, next one is communication. So it's a little bit like venting, but it's more around the work life scenario. And I see this all the time with my staff and it's they don't ask the question about the deadline. So if Sam walks out and he says, hey, Courtney, I need this to be done. I will turn around and say, when do you want that by? Because is he saying it's urgent? What What is his time frame of urgent? Does that mean right this instant? Or does he mean by the end of the week? Or does he mean by the end of the day? I'm not going to guess what Sam's version of urgent is. I'm just going to ask him. And so then that way I can then correctly prioritize my to-do list. So if I am jam-packed with stuff and Sam walks out and says, hey, Courtney, I need this. And I say, when do you need that by? And he'll say, when do you think that's reasonable? Also, I can get it to you quickly quickly look over my schedule, get it to you by Friday. He'll say, yep, that's good. Or he'll say, no, can I get it by Thursday? And I'll know that I can kind of fit it in. Whereas my staff, when the Sam walks out and he says, hey, can I get this? They think, oh, the boss has walked out. It's on the top of my list. And all of a sudden stress levels go through the roof because they haven't planned to stop what they're doing there and then. And they think everything's due now because they didn't ask. What is the deadline? So you've got to communicate. Don't overextend yourself if you can't. You know, I'll say to Sam, I'm not sure if he says like, I need it by Thursday. I'll say, I'm not sure if I can do that. I can probably get it to you by Friday afternoon. And he'll either say like, absolutely not. And I'll be like, all right, I have to make it work. And we're just going to go into a highly stressful situation. Let's get it done. We're going to micromanaging. We've got the Hans Zimmer playing. We're really focused. We're time blocking the shit out of our day, you know, and you just got to get it done. But sometimes he'll say like, oh yeah, yeah, that's fine. All good you know, and he understands. So communicate, don't overextend yourself. And also not necessarily in the workplace, but learn to say no. The other day, my friend was like to me, hey, let's catch up on Sunday. And I said, I can't. I have immunotherapy on Friday. And I know that on Sundays I need to rest because otherwise I'm not as productive during the week for my work. And also I have four skin blogs that I have to write, you know, did I want to go to the lunch? Yes. But I knew going to that lunch with her was going to make my Sunday off track. And then the rest of the week I would be stressed and having to write these blogs at night, which is not ideal. And then all of a sudden my whole week is derailed because I couldn't say no to that one lunch, you know, like the lunch will be there in a couple of days. I can do it next Thursday night instead, or I can do it next weekend, you know? So it's like, look at what you're doing. And if social engagements are causing you more stress, Then communicate that to your friends and just say, I can't right now, like I'm just so overextended. Don't feel bad. If you communicate with your friends about that, they will understand. The worst case scenario is if you say yes and then you bail a few hours before lunch, you know what I mean? Because you didn't properly assess your week. Assess how you're feeling and don't overextend yourself. Saying no to things is okay if you need to look after your mental well being. Next up is meet the deadline, don't beat the deadline. When we are in a highly stressful situation at work, I see my staff all the time, and in particular ones that are highly stressed, trying to get things done urgently that are not due. And I'll look at them, and I'll be like, it's Tuesday. Why do I have this now? It wasn't due till Friday. It's like, oh, I wanted to get it too early. Why? I wasn't expecting it till Friday. And now you've just put yourself into a complete like anxiety driven stupor because What? You know what I mean? Like, and also I can't even look at that till Friday because I haven't scheduled assessing your work until Friday. So now you have completely put yourself into this stress ball for what? So I'm always saying to my staff, when we are highly stressed, we are meeting deadlines, not beating deadlines. I say it all the time and they get annoyed sometimes, but you know, and sometimes it's like, I do like things a little early, but if I've set the deadline, that's my own fault. If they tell me it's due Friday, then I have to expect that I'm going to get that Friday. And that's what it is. Don't expect for it to come early. And sometimes when I set deadlines, I'll say, Hey guys, this isn't due till Wednesday. If anyone does want to get it in early, then that would be great. If not, totally understand. So they kind of understand where I'm at. So make sure one, when you're setting deadlines with people in your life, that you are happy to adhere to that deadline. And two, if you're receiving deadlines, don't try and beat them. There's no prizes for getting things done early. I mean, in some cases there are, but in the general terms of people's lives at work, your boss, your colleague, whoever it is that you're working with, they're not expecting that work till Friday. So they're probably not even going to have the chance to look at it till Monday, you know what I mean? And then you're sitting there being like, oh, I haven't received no feedback. I gave it on Tuesday. It's like, well, I wasn't ready to look at it until Friday, which is why I gave you the deadline of Friday. Don't put yourself in a stressful situation just because you think like, that's what people want. Communicate with people. What is the deadline? And then meet the deadline. In, when, you, when you've got a cruisy thing going on, you haven't got a lot going on, sure. Go and win all those awards for beating all the deadlines, do whatever you want. But when you are feeling stressed and overwhelmed, you need to take stock of what's going on, how you're feeling and what you can do to take control of that situation. All right, here are a couple of other things. I've obviously mentioned practicing gratitude, decluttering your space. That's a big one for me and my staff will know that when I start to feel a bit stressed and I need to go into like ultra micromanaging mode, I will literally stand up, and just start tidying up my desk. I'm quite a messy person. You would have seen it if you saw my Insta story. Very tight, very clean, but I'm not very tidy. And so when I do feel stressed and overwhelmed, the first thing I do is really get into my space and make things look and feel very tidy and structured because that makes me feel more in control. I mean, there's all this evidence to show that if you're in a cluttered space, your mind is also cluttered. I'm not sure, but I do feel the urge to tidy up when I'm feeling stressed. So that's another tip. Get outside in nature. That's something that people talk about all the time. I know during COVID when I was really at the height of a lot of my cancer stuff, I just felt very strongly I wanted to be out in the afternoon, obviously sun safety first, in the late sort of afternoon walking along the beach because I just found it to be so relaxing and calming. Also for me, sleep is a priority. You will never ever see on my Insta story me pretending to hustle instead of sleep. I mean, you'll never see me pretending to hustle, obviously, but you know, those people that's like 1am hustle, work life, whatever it is. I will never do that. My sleep is my number one priority and I will work my butt off during every waking moment to make sure that I still get my six and a half to eight hours of sleep. That's what I need to function. If I get less than that, I get run down, I get sick, I get grumpy. Nobody needs that. You know, obviously sometimes, you know, there are extenuating circumstances as an event that goes late and I still have to get up and go to work. It's not like I'm like calling it in, sorry, haven't had my eight hours. I'm going to have to have a sleep in in the morning, but I will make sure that I don't work late into the evening. I make sure that I prioritize and I am productive during the day so that I can get my sleep in. That's a non-negotiable to me. Obviously, if you've got the mum life going on, that can't be as easy for you. I thankfully don't have sleep in. Um, preventers, stoppers, cock blockers for your sleep. Is that what we're going to call kids? (laughs) That seems really inappropriate that I've just said that, but whatever. You know what I mean. Um, So for me, sleep is a priority because I know that that's how I'm more productive when I'm like, you know, well rested. I'm someone who needs more sleep. Sam, my brother, he can live off like four hours of sleep and keep going. I'm not like that, unfortunately. Cannot do that. Another thing is don't live by other people's standards. Everyone's on Instagram and they're always hustling. And one of my friends, Ash, said the same thing during COVID. She said that I became a trigger for her because I was getting up and I was showing my routine and I was learning and upskilling and doing all these things. And she found that to be quite triggering because she wasn't doing that. And that actually made her feel bad. And it's like, you know what? You, you don't have to compete with what I'm doing. Just because this is what works for me doesn't mean that what what that's what works for you. You know what I mean? Like your goal in life is to have kids and be married and work a nine to five job. Amazing. That's a great goal. That's not my goal. That's not the guy down the street's goal. That's not her goal, whatever. Everybody has different things that are their own level of success and what makes them happy. Don't get sucked into Instagram where that girl that you used to go to school with has three laptop laptops open, and she's working at one a.m. and she's living living the hustler life, and she's got a side hustle. Not everyone needs a fucking side hustle. You can be happy with your job working, you know, at David Jones if that's what you want to do. Your casual job if that's what makes you happy, you do that. If you like having fifteen jobs. That makes you happy, then you do that. Don't get sucked into what other people are portraying as like what they need to do to reach their goals as what you need to do. Um, you know, some people are just better with their time. I'm not gonna lie. I fuck around with the stuff all the time work. I'm chatting. Last today we were talking about who watched Bachelor in Paradise. And I know that chat means I'll probably have to work more tonight. Because I stopped to talk to the staff. But it's important for me throughout the day to sort of just be a bit more casual. If I was in a time block hundred percent of the time, I'd go nuts. And so sometimes you need to chat with your staff, get to know your team, get to know your colleagues, whatever it is. Have I, I need to talk about this damn T V show because how do I form my own opinions until I know what everybody else thought about? Tim and Kieran or whatever else their names are. Um but you know, like I don't don't put so much pressure on yourself. Like it, obviously if you look at my Instagram, it does look like I've prioritized and I've time blocked my day into an inch of its life. But that's not true. I have a lot of downtime. Even think about the time it takes me to do an Insta story. That's downtime. That wasn't productive. So think about that and make sure that you're not trying to live up to other people's standards. If you don't want a side hustle, don't feel like you have to have a side hustle. If you don't need to be up at 1am with your three computers and you're listening to Gary V, then don't do it. Next up, dance it out. You already know. If you watch my Insta stories, dancing it out is my number one stress killer. Turn on a song, even in the car. It's like I'm at my own concert, you know, I turn on that car, I blast it. It's probably interesting at the lights, but I don't even care that you can see me singing. And I'm just like singing out the top of my lungs, with the song, sometimes the windows down, wind in my hair, you know, it's like I've got a wind machine. All of a sudden, I'm Beyonce on stage, you know, and like it makes me feel happy, like letting out that like you're singing to the song. Especially you're like "You Ought to Know" by Alanis Morissette. Even though I haven't gone through a big break- breakup recently, just singing those aggressive words really makes you feel like yes. You know, you just feel like pumped up from it. So when I always do it before immunotherapy, I dance it out because it just gets me in a good headspace and it makes me happy to like, you know, dance around in my apartment, singing the song at the top of my lungs and just moving my body. So dance it out. Another one is like find a passion outside of work and something that's for you. So That's one of the things I have discovered with this podcast, to be honest, I didn't really, when I looked at my time schedule, I didn't really have time to do this podcast. And I've said that before, but I really wanted to do it and it was something for me. So I made the time for it and made it a priority. And I found it really fulfilling to get on here every week and one vent, ding, ding, ding and like tell you what's going on and then people give me feedback that you know what I'm doing resonated with them or it helped them figure out something whatever it is and that makes me feel really good and so having this sort of side passion even though I own my own businesses and that is for me I own it with my brother and so it doesn't want you doing things for clients and that kind of stuff so it always doesn't just feel like it's your own thing and even when I started sharing a lot of my life on Insta story you know having people say that they went and got a skin check for me it's so rewarding just having my own thing that's for me, that makes me feel good, helps me with, you know, my overall joy on a day-to-day basis, which contributes to feeling happier and feeling less stressed. Another thing for me that I do, if I'm in a really, if I know like, Courtney, wow, you're really stressed, calm down. I will literally go to my, like at night, I'll go to my bed, turn on my salt lamp. So all the other lights go off. So it makes it quite dim. And I will lie on top of my, just like on my bed, lie there flat, sort of like, I don't know what's his position. Yeah. On your back. That's the words I'm looking for. Lying on my back. And I will play quite loudly, um, songs that are calming for me. My songs don't look at the lyrics because it's not necessarily that they're like calming lyrics, but the songs for me that always make me feel calm and happy are Christmas Lights by Coldplay. And Secret Garden by Bruce Springsteen. Those are the two songs. If I'm feeling re- if you see me turn those on and like head to my bedroom, not that anyone would see that, but you're like, wow, this bitch is stressed. And that's my like coping mechanism. It's like literally I'll put that on before bed because I know the minute I shut my eyes, my brain is gonna be running hundred miles an hour. I'm not gonna be able to sleep because I'm so stressed. So I do this to calm before bed, play those songs just on repeat until I feel calm again. And then I'll shut them off and then I play my rain music to go to sleep. That's just what I do every single night. But I'll just sit there and focusing on it's, I guess it's my form of meditation. I've tried meditation. I keep trying and I keep buying courses and I just can't seem to get there with it. I, uh, but music for me is my form of meditation because I can sit there and I can focus on the lyrics. So again, I'm distracting my brain. I'm focusing on something else and it's making me feel really calm. And I've got the mood lighting going on. I don't do it in the dark. It has to be mood lighting. I don't know why, Um, but it just feels more calming. And I just focus on the lyrics as they're happening and I just. You sort of get overcome with calmness. So you can choose whatever song works for you. It might be sort of, um, you know, one of my friends plays classical music when she does a similar thing to feel calm. So those are the two songs that work for me. Let me know what your songs are. Come and slide into my DMs or comment on my recent post. Also, another form of that self-care is the candle in the shower. So if you follow me, you'll see that if you don't have a bath, or sometimes a bath, it's like a whole fucking effort and it's too much, you know. If you have a bathroom with a shower and you have a candle, you're set, okay? Shut the door, light the candle, centered is preferable. Light the candle so it creates mood lighting. Turn your shower on so it creates all that mist. Get in the shower, play a calming song, and you've got mood lighting, and you will automatically feel more relaxed. It is like basically the bath relaxing technique, but with a shower. So you only have to do it for three minutes and that you get your energy and you feel calm. Then you go into the bedroom, you put on your salt lamp and you play your Coldplay, whatever it is. And I just feel so relaxed after I do that. And that's how I sort of like really, if I'm feeling really stressed and I really need to rein it in, then that's what I'll do. And last but not least is something that I've heard Tim Ferriss talk about. And it's about how you should be preventative about anxiety and stress. Um, And if you don't want it to come and do things to prevent it before it happens. And that's why every single day I do my to-do list because I know that if I'm doing that, it's making me feel in control. I know that if I'm always venting, I'll never have something feeling like it's, you know, pent up energy or like I'm, I'm, What's the word that I'm looking for? Like I'm stewing over it because I'm always just getting it out. It's out, moving on. I'm always communicating about deadlines. I very rarely overextend myself with social appointments or interviews or what not interviews, um, meetings, all of that. I structure my time very well because I know what I'm gonna do. I always am trying to get my sleep in. I'm always trying to meet the deadline, not beat the deadline. I also stay very flexible with my calendar. You know, it's like some people will plan their entire day out. I don't do that. I just plan the morning and then I reassess because it can all go balls up, you know, around here. Nothing ever goes to plan. And so if you're feeling so attached to your schedule that the minute something goes wrong, everything is just like, a ball of stress because you feel like you're behind, you're trying to play catch up and you're so stressed because you didn't go to plan. Nothing happened that you thought it was going to. So I don't plan too far ahead because I know that things can go wrong. And I know that that will be a trigger for me that if I get off track, so I don't set the track until I know what I need to do. So it's all about being preventative and putting these tools in place, A self-assessing what works for you. Maybe lists don't work for you. You know what I mean? Maybe you need to find something else that will work for you. I know that visual aids really work for me and I do a lot of social scheduling and I often will be like, oh shit, I'm so behind in that. I feel overwhelmed. And so I started putting something quite visual up. I put it on a whiteboard and it's ultimately if you were to look at my time, it's probably a waste of time to write everything out and the dates and then tick a box once I've done it. But I know that if I can visually see the dates that all my scheduling is done up I can always go. Okay, that's only scheduled up until Thursday, so I know on Wednesday afternoon I need to scheduling again, and it's just always there for me to be able to see it, and that helps me. So I do all of these things every day. I'm regularly doing putting in place these preventative measures so that it doesn't then get to a level where it's unmanageable for me because I've already put everything in place. It's like safety measures basically. And look, I'm not gonna lie; I don't actually feel um stressed very often. I'm thankful that I don't get anxiety and I'm not sure if it's just because I'm a lucky one or because I have such a routine of all these safety measures that it never really escalates to that point. I guess we won't know, but you know, that's the, the main point for me, preventative rather than be proactive rather than reactive to your stress. All right, that's it for how I handle stress. And now for the segments, Attitude of Gratitude. So this week, I'm actually really thankful for audiobooks. That's what I want to say. I am not a reader. Okay. Full disclosure. I love a book. I love to buy a book and then do nothing with it. Okay. I just love the the concept of a book, but then like, I, I hate doing something where I can't multitask. And so for me, when I signed up to Audible, it was like a game changer. It's so like sponsored. That's what this sounds like, but it's actually not obviously. Um, so you sign up to Audible, it's like Netflix, I guess. It's like a subscription method, but then you get a credit every month, so I think it's $14,95. And then so you get one book a month, or you can buy extra credits if you want. So you kind of feel like, oh, I've already bought that money, spent that money, I have to buy a book. And books are usually like 25, 30, but you've already had to spend 15 bucks, so it's like a bargain. And I can clean, cook drive, do all these things whilst I'm also learning or listening to a good story. So I'm bloody thankful for Audible at the moment. And I often will end up upgrading the credits because I usually read, listen, whatever. Sometimes I do read the books physically, um, but I usually will consume two books a month. I bloody love Audible. I think other services do it too. But yeah, I'm just loving that we live in a day and age where people thought, you know what, we're just going to read out loud this book and people will listen to it because I bloody love it. All right. And this week's thought of the week. It's not the load that breaks you down. It's the way you carry it from Lou Holtz. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I'll be back every Tuesday with a new ep. And in the meantime, keep up with me over on Instagram at Courtney Mangan and at SheWasTheFire. And if you haven't already, I don't know where you've been, but you need to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast because it's extremely helpful and I really appreciate it. Bye.